chapter number 27 here, very familiar verse. One, if you've been in church long, this is a verse that you've, you've heard, uh, and it gets quoted. Uh, I don't know that I've ever preached off of this verse. Uh, I have used it in messages, but I don't know that it's ever been my uh, main text. Uh, but let's look at the text again tonight. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. How many of you have ever seen something coming down the pike at you and you just ignored it? And then when you finally had to deal with it, you were punished. You had to pay the price of that. That's what God's talking about here. And there isn't a one of us that has saved ourselves from trouble and problems because we all have this sinful nature and we all fail but I do want to help us succeed. I want us to enjoy the blessings of God in our life. And I want to take the admonitions uh, in God's word and allow them to help us uh, as we looked at uh, the, uh, the text here, and I closed my Bible. But here in uh, Proverbs chapter number 27, uh, this is the fourth section or division of the book of Proverbs. And in this fourth section of Proverbs, it is labeled as warnings and instructions. And, and all, through, all through, through the book of Proverbs, we, we glean wisdom. God wants us to know. He wants us to get knowledge so we know how to make good decisions, so we do not uh, act as a fool. Uh, and when you look through the book of Proverbs, there are different personalities, uh, characters that you can see. There's the simple, then there is the fool, uh, there is the scorner, and there is the wise. Now, if we are going to be any of those, we want to be the wise. We are all simple because of uh, in our youth and in growing up and we have not learned. And so uh, that's where that simplicity comes. The Bible tells us that we should be simple concerning evil. And so wise concerning good. But uh, so a prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. So we're going to look at this passage and in life, many of the tragedies and troubles that we face, problems that we face, many of them could be avoided. If we would take the admonition from this passage of Scripture, a lot of them could be avoided. Have you ever driven down the road and all of a sudden there was a pothole and you saw it just as you hit it. And there was just no way around hitting that pothole. And life has those. But there are a lot of things that we can look down the road a little bit and we can see, okay, that's a pitfall right there. That's something that could be trouble. And I am going to adjust my direction so I miss it. And so uh, that's what we want to look at. So uh, the foolishness is the lack of wisdom, discretion, and sometimes uh, direct disobedience to biblical principles. That will, that will lead us to some very bad places in life. And I want to speak to you on the subject tonight. Save yourself. Save yourself. And let's pray. Father, I thank you for your goodness. Help us as we look into your word. Give us insight. Give us the ability not only to, to learn some things, but uh, the wisdom to make practical application in our life. May, may this time together uh, impact and uh, help us uh, to avoid problems down the road. And so I pray that you'd bless each person, uh, grow us tonight, give us wisdom and insight. For Christ's sake, we pray. 
Amen. So save yourself. Now, of course, that title is not referring to salvation. Uh, salvation is of the Lord. We cannot save ourselves. But we can save ourselves some, from some problems. We can save ourselves from some tragedy. Uh, and so we're not talking about salvation, uh, but save yourself. Save from what? And in this passage, we can save ourselves from evil. The prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. So we, there is a way to save ourselves uh, from that evil. Now, I've taught in the past that all evil is sin, but not all sin is evil. So when we look at uh, that principle, we look at uh, Psalm 51, and we have David, and David has, he has done some terrible things. Not only did he take another man's wife and commit adultery, uh, he also conspired to have her husband killed. And so uh, when we look at Psalm 51, Psalm 51 is the penitential psalm. Uh, if you want to know what repentance looks like, Psalm 51. If, if you've got something between you and your Savior, read Psalm 51 because it will help you see uh, and sense what, a, what true repentance looks like. And David here, he got right with God. He got his sins forgiven. Uh, later, after those terrible sins, God looked at him and said, uh, David was a man after my own heart. So, so David, uh, he, he not only had his failures, but he got things right with God. And I'm thankful that we have a God who, who is forgiving uh, and who will, will, will forgive us for our sin. But Psalm 51, 3, it says, For I acknowledge my transgressions. Now, transgressions, that is trespass. That is crossing the line. He's talking about sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. And, and David here was submitting himself to the authority of God, to the holiness of God, and to the judgment of God. And he's saying, God, you are just in your, uh, in your judgment and correction of me. And so he, he acknowledged his sin, and he also uh, acknowledges and confesses the evil uh, that was done there. Now, the word evil in Psalm 51 is a different evil than what we read in Proverbs 27. Now the Psalm, Psalm 51 evil is an evil, it is a sin with the intent to hurt somebody. David's sin with Bathsheba, that was a transgression, that was a sin against God. His conspiring to have Uriah the Hittite killed, her husband killed, that was evil. And so there was different, both were sin, but sin uh, of that, uh, to that extent of having somebody else killed, that was, that was evil. And so uh, the uh, Psalm 51 is, is the evil, it's dealing uh, with evil, and it's, it's uh, rolling around, uh, revolving around morally debased behavior uh, and that, that intent to attack somebody. Uh, gossip is not just sin, gossip is evil. Why? You are hurting somebody else. There is, there is a, a, an attack that is going against somebody. There is an injury uh, that is there. And so uh, those are evil things that happen. Uh, so David sinned with Bathsheba. He was immoral, uh, but he was, he was evil in the plotting and killing of her husband. 2 Samuel 12, verse 9 Wherefore thou hast despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight. Thou hast killed Uriah the, with, 
the Hittite with the sword and hast taken his wife to be thy wife and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Now therefore the sword shall never depart from thine house because thou hast despised me and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. So David, uh, he, had, he, he had committed some evil things there. Uh, Uriah the Hittite, First uh, Samuel or 2 Samuel 23 tells us that he was one of David's mighty men. Uh, in that passage of scripture, there are 37 mighty men named, and Uriah was the last one named. He was, he was a trusted soldier. He was one of his mighty men. And so David was guilty of some heinous and, and terrible sins. Uh, but but that evil he was, was guilty of, it was not just sin, but it was, it was evil. Now, Psalm 51, the word evil is the word hara. And, and uh, that, is, that is that evil with the intent to injure, to hurt, to kill. Uh, but in Proverbs 27, when he says, A prudent man foreseeth the evil, the word evil here is raha. And it is referring to a misfortune or a disaster. So God isn't just saying that we can see evil that's down the road and we hide ourselves from evil as in some terrible, heinous sin, though that can be a reality. What he's talking about, he's talking about the misfortunes in life. The tragedies that don't have to be ours. The battles that we don't have to face. And he's telling us that if we are prudent, we can look down the road and we can see them and we can hide ourselves from it. We can avoid those those, uh, destructive things in our life. So the instruction and guidance is given to us to avoid some things that we could potentially uh, avoid. Now, life has enough hurts and heartaches in it that we can't do anything about. I want to avoid as many other misfortunes as I can. And I want that to be the case. We think about Job. Job was a just and upright man, one that feared God and eschewed evil. Yet, in the in in the sovereign plan of God, he allowed Job to be tried, to endure great affliction, misery, and there wasn't anything Job could do about it. But there are other people in Scripture, there are other people in life that look down the road or they don't even care to look down the road. They don't have any awareness about them of what's going on. And that, sim- that simple mindset or that foolish mindset sets them up for disaster. It sets them up for misfortune. It sets them up for injury. So, so we're going to look at this, that prudent man, uh, he, he foreseeth the evil and he hideth himself. So who is the prudent man? The word uh, prudent there is aram, and it means a person who shows cleverness, sensibility, and sound judgment in decision making. Now, that's a person we want to be. That's a person that we want to be. We want to be prudent. We want to show cleverness in our decisions. That means we, we know which way to go. We're not talking about manipulative. We're not talking about being uh, trick, tricky. We're talking about just having insight and wisdom. Uh, he, he's talking about sensibility, sound judgment in decision making. And so this is a prudent person. Uh, so a prudent person, a sensible individual, a wise person, uh, he is going to foresee. The word foresee literally means to have the ability to perceive. The ability to perceive. Now, uh, there's also the tie to the, uh, to the seers, 
the prophets. The prophets would see what was in the future. God would reveal to them what was coming down the road. Uh, And a prudent man can foresee, he can sense, he can perceive what is what is coming up. I'm not talking about some spooky thing. I'm talking about looking around and seeing the situation and uh, and making a wise assessment of, of what is taking place in the world around us uh, and foreseeing, to have that uh, perception by sight, uh, the seer, if you would. So the prudent man foreseeth Uh, the evil, and he hideth himself. The word hide means to cover. You know, we, uh, uh, we put coats on, we put clothes on uh, to cover our, our, our bodies. And, and it's not just for the, the nakedness side, it is for a protection. And then you end up having uh, coats and uh, everybody's running around with coats. I've just been enjoying this weather. This is beautiful. Uh, and so uh, it's just, I've just been enjoying it. Uh, but uh, people are putting the coats on and, uh, and uh, you'll end up having uh, all these extra gear that people will start, uh, we can cover ourselves with to uh, save ourselves from the, the uh, inclement weather, not that we have had any yet, uh, but uh, that weather when it's, when it's cold and nasty and rainy, uh, I've got all kinds of different gear. I've got, uh, I've got cold weather gear, I've got my rain gear, uh, and uh, the, that is there to cover myself, to protect me from the elements. That is exactly what he's talking about. A prudent man is going to see it and he is going to cover himself. He is going to protect himself. He is going to layer himself to make him not to be affected or impacted by that evil, by that tragedy, by that misfortune that is coming his way. So it is to cover, to provide cover, to coat, to envelope, to wrap up, uh, to protect. That, those are the words. He hideth himself. But the simple. Pass on. The simple. The simple. I preached on this with our young people in chapel the other day. Uh, the simple. That, that is the unpleaded. Those are the uncomplicated. They have not been. Uh, they have not been complicated uh, by the the. Uh, effects of life. They have not allowed life. Has, there is an innocence that is there. And that simpleness, uh, it is unaware of what is going on. And, and so the simple though, the naive person, uh, and this is where he goes on. Young is another term for simple, but but it goes on. A naive person. It is not just children that are naive. Age does not make one wise. The Bible says in James, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Wisdom isn't just for the old people. Wisdom is not just for those that uh, have gray hair. Uh, wisdom is a gift of God, and God will give you wisdom. He says, if any, any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, uh, which giveth to all men liberally, and it braideth not, and it shall be given. God wants us to have wisdom. God wants us uh, to make good decisions. And so, uh, no matter how old you are, you can have wisdom. Young people, teenagers, you can be wise. Amen. God will give wisdom, but you have to ask. You have to desire it. And so uh, here, the simple, though, that naive person, uh, a person not characterized by the use of reason. A person not characterized by the use of reason. Wish I could say that has never been me. Times you look back and say, what were you thinking? But that's not where we should live. We're all there at some point. And many times and many points in different areas of life. 
It's not like we, it's not like we get wisdom and all of a sudden we're wise in every area of our life. There's, there's a process of growth. And so here uh, we see this. It says uh, the, this is that naive person, that person that's, uh, that is not characterized by the use of reason. Uh, common sense is what he's talking about. He says, so the simple, the person that does not, have, does not use reason or common sense, they pass on. Now, the word pass on literally means to transit, to travel. They just go on their way. They might hear the principles of Scripture in church. They might hear it in Sunday school. They might hear it in church. And it goes in one ear and out the other, and they just transit along in their life. You know what? It's, it's tragic but there is, there is such a, a lack of knowledge of God's word amongst God's people. It's tragic. It's tragic to see the lack of spiritual understanding. We, we, should, we should be growing in our faith. And I'm not talking, I, that doesn't affect any of you in here. I'm talking about everybody else. But the reality is, how much do we really allow God's word to guide our life? Or do we just go through life and, oh yeah, I probably should do this. Eh, that's no big deal. Eh, we'll let that one go. And we have knowledge, but it's not really guiding us. We transit along. We travel along to continue on the path. Prudent man foreseeth the evil. The simple? Eh, that's all right. Yeah, that's what pastor says. That's what mom and dad says. That's what the youth, youth workers teach. That's eh, no big deal. They just traverse along. Or punished. The word punished means to be conceived, to be conceived as being fined, to pay the punishment. The reproofs of life are punishments. They're punishments to get us not to repeat that offense. But the simple pass on and are punished. It doesn't have to be that way. So tonight I got 43 points. That was all introduction. Just kidding. I do have, uh, I have three points and several others that I uh, just didn't, uh, didn't add in because uh, I knew it was going to be a longer service tonight. Uh, but uh, we, we need to save ourselves. Do we pray? Yeah, amen. Good. All right. So, uh, so the simple pass on and are punished. So uh, the prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. Number one tonight, guard your family. Guard your family. We are in a spiritual warfare. The devil is after our family. The devil is after our kids. Uh, guard your family. Proverbs 22.6, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. It doesn't mean that they will never go astray. It means that that teaching is not going to leave. They are going to remember that teaching. God's word never will return void. It doesn't mean that it's going to be received, but it's not going to return void. And we need to make sure that we are guarding our family. Uh, this idea that we can just live life, oh, my kids go to church, so we're not going to have to worry about anything. It'll all, it'll all be good. No, you better be on guard with your family. Be on guard. We have to be diligent about our family. The devil is after the ki our kids. And uh, we live in a world where there, is, there are evil people. Evil people. 
We better, we better guard. Do we believe that there are evil people? Are we doing anything about it? Are we, are we just expecting that our kids are going to get all the principles of Scripture by osmosis? It's not going to happen. And just getting it, praise the Lord, you're in church. Praise the Lord for that. But it's going to take more. It's going to take more than that for us to be able to withstand in this evil day. Uh, he said, having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. There, is, there are spiritual armor that we need to be putting on, uh, and we need to be teaching our children how to fight these spiritual battles. Uh, we have to be diligent in our, the guarding of our family. We have to be deliberate. Deliberate. If we're going to be deliberate in the training of our children, YouTube cannot be the babysitter. I just lost some of you right there. YouTube can't be the babysitter. What's that train? Train. Thomas. Is it Thomas? Little cars and all those. And some of those might be innocent right now but it won't stay there. You know why? Because we live in an evil world. It's a hook. You know how many people will just give their child a tablet? Man, this afternoon, Jonathan, or uh, uh, the, the kids, uh, Stephen and Rachel were over, and uh, uh, Elliot and, uh, uh, and Grayson and Bella, they were, they were uh, over and we were playing, and I'm, I'm sitting on the floor, and little Grayson, he is not a year old yet. He's already figured out how to get my watch to move and to change screens. And I was like, where are you at? I mean, he's changing settings on my watch. I don't even know how to get there. You think, well, I gave them something good, so it'll be okay. You think it's going to stay there? We've got to be diligent. We've got to be deliberate. We've got to be on guard. We've got to guard our family. The devil is after uh, our, our kids. And, uh, and over the years, over 30 years in ministry, uh, Deb and I, we have watched some great families and kids that were, uh, everybody would have thought everything was good. And we see them go off to Bible college. You see them get married. And then all of a sudden you see their life fracture. You see the young people getting involved with the LGBTQ movement. I'm not talking about kids that weren't in church. I'm talking about kids that were raised in church. That have embraced the LGBTQ movement and have changed we know, we know young people that have been married, left their spouse, had sex changes. This, this idea of being passive, well, it won't happen to me. It won't happen to my kids. The devil is real. This spiritual warfare, it's not something we can go into lightly. We've seen young people give in to that gender identity movement. The devil's real. We are in a spiritual battle. And the battle for our kids doesn't end when they graduate high school. We got, we got to still be lifting them up in prayer. We've got to be there coming alongside and helping helping them and giving them support so they can make good decisions. You know, unsought for advice is seldom heeded and often resented. And as parents, you know, we, we, once, once they're adults, we got we to gotta be there, be available. But we can't make their decisions for them. 
It's too late to, to try to change thinking. It's sort of like deciding to start disciplining when you have a 13-year-old. Too late. Too late. We've got, we've got to make sure that we are being diligent in that, that training. Pray for your family. So here, guard Guard your family. Guard your family. Save yourself. I mean, there, there are potholes that are right down the road. We want to keep our kids from making some of those bad decisions. Number two, guard your marriage. Guard your marriage. That relationship is the most important relationship besides your relationship with the Lord. Guard your marriage. Ephesians 5.25, husbands, love your wives. Love your wives. And he doesn't just say love your wife. He qualifies it. Even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. So here we are talking about a love that was sacrificial, a love that was pure. And we've got to guard this relationship of marriage. Uh, Husbands, love your wives. Uh, And he says in uh, uh, Ephesians 5.31, For this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. And you think about this, uh, the church is called the bride of Christ. The relationship of husband and wife is to mirror the love that Christ has for the church. The husband's love for the wife is to mirror uh, that love that Christ has for the church. The, the wife's uh, uh, reverence for uh, her husband, her submissiveness to her husband, uh, is, is also to reflect the church's submission to Christ as the groom. Uh, he is the bridegroom. And so uh, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular uh, so love his wife even as himself. And the wife see that she reverence her husband. That love, that respect. We've got we to guard that. Love and respect. Those, those two areas right there will erase a whole lot of problems in life. Following God's plan, it works. A prudent man foreseeth the evil, that trouble, that brokenness, the it's sad, but they say that the divorce within the church, the percentage and the rate of divorce in the church is hardly any different than outside the church. Why is that? Because within the church, we're not following the biblical guidelines. And so here, uh, we need to guard, uh, guard the, the relationship. Save yourself. The trials, the troubles, the pitfalls, the brokenness, the hurt. Uh, wives, uh, see that you uh, reverence your husbands. Husbands, uh, love your wives. Uh, marriage is a wonderful relationship. We've got to work at it. You've got to work at it. If you keep doing what you did in order to get married, you'll never get unmarried. You know, all of the extra things that we do to get their attention should be continued. We get casual. And in that marriage relationship, if we're not careful, we can allow that love to become tarnished. We can allow that love 
to cool off. And love that, uh, that relationship of marriage. We have to work at it. Uh, how are we going to work at it? Love God. Love God. Keep your relationship with the Lord right. You get closer to God and your wife is getting closer to God, he will help you get closer to each other. Amen. Love God. Love each other. Communicate with God. Communicate with each other. Save yourself. Save yourself. There are pitfalls that are down the road. You know what? There is somebody who would love to have your spouse. Oh, no, nobody would want her. Why would anybody want him? Oh, no, somebody would love to have your spouse. You better make sure that they know you want them. Don't let that get cold. Don't get that, allow that relationship to get cold. Save yourself. Save yourself from all the heartache of a broken relationship. Save yourself. And there are people that are sitting here tonight that, that could testify and say, Pastor, I wish I would have had kept my eyes open. I wish I would have been wise. I wish I'd have been prudent and, and looked down the road. I could have avoided so many tragedies. And there are some things that we can't avoid. There are some decisions that we can't change. Uh, but, but, but sometimes there are things that we can do to avoid those heartaches and that brokenness. Uh, so uh, save yourself. If you're having problems, don't ignore them. Get counsel. Amen. Get counsel. Titus chapter 2, verse 1. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. Notice, sound doctrine. So he's going to give some, uh, he is going to give some instruction after this, but he prefaces it by stating this is sound doctrine. Uh, verse number, uh, the sound doctrine is sound teaching. Uh, Titus 2, verse 3, it says, uh, The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. You know what he's saying? The older ladies teaching the younger ladies. Amen. What, what is that? Counsel. And just because you're older doesn't mean that you don't need counsel. And if we need it, let's be prudent. Let's not be simple. Let's see the problem. Now let's do something about it. Don't just pass on and be punished. Guard your marriage. Guard that relationship. We've got to work at it. I know people, there's no, there is no relationship that is at a point where you don't have to work on it. I know people in their 80s that cheated on their spouse. 80s. You know, you think you get to a certain point and you don't have to worry about it. It's not true. There is a devil. Hello? Nobody's off, out of bounds. Nobody's off limits to him. And so work at your re relationship. Work at your marriage. Talk, date, do life together, not apart. Do life together. What a wonderful thing to be able to spend and live through life together. Navigate through the rough places, get counsel, read a book, Invest in your marriage, not just your house. Notice I didn't say home. Many will financially invest in a piece of property and not invest in their own relationship. That's sad. So uh, guard your 
family, guard your marriage. Thirdly, guard your finances. Guard your finances. We're not in stewardship month, but we're coming up on Christmas. You know what? January's coming. Credit card payments will be due after Christmas. A prudent man foreseeth the disaster, the turmoil, the problems, and they'll hide himself. They'll cover themselves. They're not going to, oh, well, you know, my kids deserve. You know, my mom raised us by herself up until I was eight on a waitress and bartender salary, basically tips. We did not have big Christmases. We got together for Christmas and grandparents, it was, you got socks and you got underwear. And sometimes you would get pink and sometimes you'd get white. Because my granny, she didn't ever write down the name on any package. She would buy everything in bulk when it was on sale at Kmart wrap it up, and then just put them under the tree. <laughs> and some kind, sometimes you'd, uh, us kids afterwards, it was always, okay, we're swapping out. Okay, this isn't mine. Uh, and you start, uh, you start swapping them out with each other. But you know what? I didn't feel like I missed out. Our kids don't have to have these huge Christmases. Amen. If it's going to put you in debt, don't. No, pastor, I can, I can pay for it. Man, pay for it or pay the payment. There's difference. If you can pay for it and it's not going to impact your, your budget, that's different than you just going out and spending. You know what? Know what we're going to find? We're going to find that there are some simple that are going to pass on in January and February and March and April and May and June. They're going to still be paying for it. You know why? Because they were simple. Be prudent. There's this, this thing that's called a budget. Has anybody ever heard anything about a budget? Once or twice? Budget. Get on a budget. Pastor, it's just so hard. It's not as hard as dealing with debt. It's not as hard as dealing with the financial pressures. More marriages end over financial pressure than any other cause. More than immorality, infidelity, far more. Financial pressure, the number one cause of divorce. Don't be simple. Now, I've got several things here uh, with this. Guard your finances. Uh, prudent man foreseeth the evil, hideth himself. Uh, and so, Proverbs 23, 5, Wilt thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle toward heaven. Proverbs 27, 24, For riches are not forever, and doth the crown endure to every generation. We're not guaranteed financial stability. We've got to look down the road a little bit. We've got to make some preparation. So we cannot control the markets, but we can control our spending. We can control our spending. So with that, have biblical values in your finances. Tithe. The tithe is the Lord's. Be honest with the tithe. You know, the Bible says, will a man rob God? You know, I don't want to give to the Lord. I don't want, my offerings to the Lord, they're not out of debt. If it's just, well, he said, I got to, I have to. No, then there's, there's a difference in the mentality of it. All right, honey, the Lord said, I got to love you. So I love you. Even though you backslid and sat back there tonight. 
You know, we can, we can, we can do things out of obligation. My offerings to the Lord should not be out of obligation. They should be out of love, out of generosity, out of a heart of gratitude. Uh, the tithe, the 10%, that's the bottom. Uh, that's just the starting place and uh, the generosity that comes along that. But the tithe belongs to the Lord. Uh, all around the world, you know what happens? Christmas time happens and the tithes drop off. That shouldn't be the case. I mean, we say that it's about Christ. And then we're going to take the tithe and buy Christmas presents for somebody you don't even like. It's, it's crazy. But we want to serve the Lord out of gratitude. We need to make sure that we are meeting the needs of our family. 2 Thessalonians 3.10, For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if, if any would not work, neither should he eat. There is that being, being uh, wise with our finances. We've got to work. Work the work ethic is being lost in America. You know why? Because everything's give me. Everything's free. Parents, it starts in the home. Where do they learn they don't have to do anything to get something? They should be learning that if they don't work, they don't eat. I'm not talking about your toddler. I'm talking about teaching a work ethic. Why? We are preparing them for life. Amen. 1 Timothy 5, 8, But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith. Think about that. He hath denied the faith uh, and is worse than an infidel. The word infidel means an unbeliever. If any, we're talking about saved people, would not work and not providing for their own house. So, so there is to be that work ethic, uh, the earning, the budgeting, the saving. Uh, it will help. And so the simple pass on. They don't make a decision. They don't make plans. No preparations. They just transit along. They pay the consequences for not looking down the road. With this, we can apply that principle to our health. We're not taking care of our health. We're going to get old. If we're not doing anything about our health right now, it's setting us up for problems later. The Lord hit me right between the eyes on this one. And it's an area that's like, okay, Lord, I'm not doing this, that, and the other. Everything. It's all good. I'm not being evil. He said, are you not looking down the road with your health? Huh. And it applies in so many areas of life. Retirement's coming. <laughs> Brother Tracy's like, no, it's not. There's coming a day when we're not going to be able to work. We better be foreseeing the evil. We better be doing something about it. The simple pass on and are punished. Save yourself. Save yourself from some of these pitfalls that we could avoid. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight. Thank you for your word. I uh, pray that uh, we, have, we have been able to make application. Uh, Lord, maybe areas that I didn't, e didn't even address uh, maybe, Lord, you put your finger on something in somebody's own life, uh, just like you've worked in my life. And so I pray that you would help us, Lord, to, uh, to make good application. Help us to be wise. Help us to be prudent. And may we enjoy the benefits uh, of those decisions and that, those wise uh, decisions uh, in our life. So help us now, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. We'll have a short invitation. Lord spoke to your heart tonight. You respond. Save yourself.
Save yourself. Need somebody to pray with you tonight. Just come forward. We'll have someone pray with you. You're here tonight. You don't know Christ is your personal Savior. You come. Whatever decision it is that we need to make, let's, let's do business with God. sure love each and every one of you, thankful for you, and I, I want to see us continue to serve the Savior and not give the devil any wins. I, don't, I want him to be defeated. Christ has defeated